Welcome to Peeves' Gap Fest, a chapter-by-chapter, page-to-screen analysis of the Harry Potter series. I'm Sarah Day. I'm James. And I'm Meigs. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are analyzing the Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge. This is an hour and 34 minutes to an hour and 42 minutes of the film. And... Obviously, we are introduced to Cornelius Fudge, played by Robert Hardy. Before we start gabbing, we wanted to give a quick spoiler warning. We will be using our vast knowledge of the Wizarding World to compare the page to the screen. That means we may gab about moments that happen later in the books or the films. So, you've been warned, Igglethirsties. Before we begin, a message from the Daily Prophet. No one wants to wait hours for a potion to brew. Ditch the cauldron and order a BlendJet 2 portable blender today. Sure to get you invited to Slughorn's parties, the BlendJet 2 makes blending so easy and convenient. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up your potions even while riding a broomstick. It's small enough to fit in your cloak, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like frozen fruit and lacewing flies with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning potion without waking up the whole common room. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. That, that's a muggle contraption. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. I really want to get the black one and add the Hufflepuff logo. Yes. Yeah, and I want a blue one so that it'll match, well, Ravenclaw, but also my kitchen counters. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, super important. It's got to match the kitchen counters. It's nice and convenient if that can happen. Black goes with anything, so I think I'm good. Yeah, it's true. Well, what are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code GABFEST12 to get 12% off your order and two free day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code GABFEST12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Welcome back, listeners. We kick off the chapter with a perfect montage segment of life at Hogwarts. And one of the big things that they're doing is figuring out their classes for next year. They're adding classes to their schedule, which is a huge part of the next book. With It's completely cut from the film. And they sort of mash up some of these conversations into a few seconds of the film and have an important conversation with Sprout from the book give given by Hagrid in the film. So the first few pages of this chapter 
are smushed down to a few lines in the film. Which is, I think at this point, normal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're not too surprised that this is actually happening, but I mean, it's kind of sad. I think the, the interesting thing, though, is the extra classes, because you, we do get introduced to care of magical creatures and that's not a class that they've taken up until this point and all of a sudden book three movie three they're taking care of magical creatures and if you didn't uh if you didn't know you're kind of like well where did this come from because all we've been really taking is these core classes mm-hmm. um which have been thrown in on a consistent basis in each of the books but uh, and and the movies but like we don't necessarily know of anything else that could possibly be done at Hogwarts. And we get those clues in the book of, oh, it's arithmancy and, oh, and ancient ruins and charismatical creatures and divination. And like all of these classes are available to them that they can just pick and choose. Uh, and we don't get to see that in the movie. And so all of a sudden we have like these t- two new teachers that pop up teaching two new subjects and we have no idea why they're even there kind of scenario. So uh, it's definitely interesting to kind of see that happen. But I, before we move on, have a tidbit. Mm. So my tidbit today. My tidbit today is uh, when I was reading the book, I had an epiphany or whatever. <laughs> But there's a line in the in the chapter at the very beginning when they're discussing the revelation between each other about Hagrid being the person who opened the Chamber of Secrets. And um, Hermione said, do you think we should go and ask Hagrid about it all? And Ron immediately says, that'd be a cheerful visit. Hello, Hagrid. Tell us. Have you been setting anything mad and hairy loose in the castle lately? And I immediately thought of the line from the movie, I believe it was um, in in, uh, Sorcerer's Stone. And they're discussing Fluffy. And I think that that's the direct line. It was like, mad and then Hagrid responds, mad and hairy? You ain't talking about me, are you? And they, like, yeah, both, like, they're all like shaking. Is that this film? Yeah. It's like the beginning. And then they talk about how Sprout is um, almost done with the mandrakes. And that's what I was saying that they took the conversation Sprout has with Harry and gives it to Hagrid in the film. Oh, but, maybe I that... think I know what, but I think I know what you're talking about, James. That That is from this movie. That line is from this movie. But I think I know what you're talking about. There's something in the Sorcerer's Stone that is like super similar. Similar, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the Sorcerer's Stone, they're super similar when they're discussing Fluffy. And then Hagrid comes up from behind them. And he's, he has that similar response. And that just made me think of that. And so I was just like, hmm, that's a very interesting little... A little quinky dink kind of scenario that 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 happened because I don't even remember if it happened in the book. I just remember it happening in the movie. As far as Chamber of Secrets go, it's only in the the book, 
and Hagrid doesn't come up behind him. Because when I was reading it, I specifically remember Hagrid saying, Matt and Harry, you're not talking about me. And the three of them are like, uh, no. And that's really awkward. And then he's like, what do you have there? And he's got the flesh-eating slug repellent. Um, and that doesn't happen. I didn't, wa- I didn't rewatch the movie today to, to kind of watch the scene. So that's probably what happened. But um, I, I just thought that was a little fun little tidbit. Yeah. And so, um, but it is line. It's like word for word. Ron says that. And then Hagrid comes up behind them, and that does not happen in the book. He, but it is the line is identical. Fun. And I feel like that's Classic. almost like, yeah, yeah. Classic Go ahead. Makes, uh-huh. <laughs> 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 you do that all the time, where they're like, "Oh, well, we just we have to remind people that we're taking these from the book." So then they'll throw in a random freaking line in there, and it's like, okay, well, thanks, but <laughs> that's not what we want. <laughs> I don't know. There's just too many times where, like, they could have kept it to be the same character, and then they didn't. Mm-hmm. I mm. don't mind. Like, you know, we always say it's – we know that they have to do it for the movie, and what they did for the movie is fine. But, um, you know, I'd like to see Harry talking to Professor Sprout, and that's not because I'm a Hufflepuff. But also, <laughs> there's just so much more war- – like, I want to see the greenhouses more, you know? Yes. And absolutely. so it's just sad we to gotta see. Like, see. Yeah, it's we just sad to see all this these pages of solely different <laughs> all these pages smushed down into one location in the film. So I just I just yeah. want to see more locations in the show. More locations, please. <laughs> what was that? With the sound? Yeah. My phone fell. Oh. It sounded so loud. <laughs> Sorry. It is right next to my mic. I apologize. Okay. okay. You don't have to apologize. I don't care. It was just funny. <laughs> you're, you're, I totally just looked it up. You guys, uh, you're, the scene I just described was in Chamber of Secrets. So, uh, yeah. But I have a weird feeling that it also happened similarly in Sorcerer's Stone. I'll have to go back and look at it. Yeah. But. I think there is something. Um. It's just Are funny because we... I knew it was this movie because I remember in the book when I was rereading because I do the book and then I do the show. And so when we were reading it, you can cut all of this out. Um, I we'll leave it in. remembered it and I'm like, oh, this is when Hagrid comes up behind them and it didn't happen in the book. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I like remembering wrong? And then I watched the film today and I'm like, oh, yeah, it does happen. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Okay. So um, – <laughs> Okay, all that's going to be cut, right? So, what? No. What? Where? Where did we end? And where do we start? Keep it rolling. Leave it all in. <laughs> the people want I mean, to hear this. Prob- <laughs> I probably will cut out the phone falling conversation, but <laughs> everything else will probably stay in. If you want to flatten our conversations, just like they well, did no, I mean, you can platform. definitely leave in you proving me right for once. That's fine. <laughs> 10 points to Hufflepuff. Oh Good thing I have a points column set up in my Excel sheet. I mean, have we done that in like the past few chapters? I don't, I don't think no, we have. Not. We have, we have not uh-huh. done any points this year. Well, let's I start it off it again. In. 10 points to Hufflepuff. This year. It's been 26 days. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 
talked about today. <laughs> we have phones falling. We're whether it happened in which film. <laughs> okay, guys, let's get back on track here. So the next thing okay. that happens in the film and book. It's uh, only been 10 minutes. Neville <laughs> <No. laughs> comes running into this conversation with Hagrid. And ha- he sees, okay, Hagrid just nonchalantly is walking away. And he sees Neville come running in a panic. And he's just like, oh, hi, Neville. And then Neville explains that they have to come quick. And then we find out that. The room has been destroyed, and Tom Riddle's diary is missing. Wait, Hagrid's a part of that? Yeah, yeah. that that's the scene that happens immediately after that. I'm and he sweating. just, like, completely ignores a frantic Neville. Yeah, Neville's, like, so... He's, like, running so frantically to Harry and Ron and Hermione, but Hagrid's just... Hey, Neville! He, like, yeah. doesn't even, like... It doesn't even acknowledge that Neville's like freaking out. Oh, poor Neville. I think I think what's throwing me off is that I keep thinking about the book and I keep forgetting that the movie is like took out a, a lot from the book. Mm-hmm. What did I just say? But it, it's the movie weird because it's the- not like they took out a lot, but they. It's just this chapter just seemed so cut up and moved around and stitched back together again in such a weird way. It's really, it is a really weird scene in the movie. When you watch just this scene that covers this chapter, it feels really choppy and weird. Yeah. And I don't think it feels that way if we were to watch the film through. Right. Cause I've never, fine. yeah. Cause this has never stuck out to me as being weird. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when you <laughs> compare it to the chapter, it's pretty choppy. It's pretty choppy. <laughs> like our conversation. Listeners, you... Yeah, like our the, this conversation. <laughs> this is a tragedy. <laughs> Listeners, I wish you w- could have seen their faces when I changed up slightly how I said my name at the beginning and their faces when they just stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> It definitely I, really threw me off. I didn't know if you were joking, so I was waiting for you to say it for real. And I'm like, do I go? Do I do I wait? What's happening here? <laughs> it was so funny. This, uh, not what I said, uh, this but the way episode that needs to be titled La- Laughs a Barrel, Barrel of Laughs or something like that. Oh my god, yeah. I have, I have a lot of tears in my eyes. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Thirteen minutes. So any in. thoughts? Any thoughts on the diary being stolen? I mean, the diary was stolen. I don't have a lot of thoughts like about that one specifically. Great, on. <laughs> I feel like it was so boring. <laughs> the only thing I bring up is the the lack of them realizing that only a Gryffindor could have done it. <laughs> Sorry, James. This snort got me. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> well, I'm saying that the only, thing I'll, 
the only thing <laughs> we're going to bring up is that we have a lack of them realizing that only a Gryffindor could have gotten into their room and ransacked oh it. Oh my gosh, yes. you're right. Because in the book, yeah. they, they, they clearly end the segment of only a Gryffindor could have done this. And yeah. Harry like sits, the next day Harry's prepping for the Quidditch match and all he's thinking about is one of those people went into his room and took the diary. Mm. And so, and yet we don't yeah. have that in the movie. And so that definitely is something that needs to be clearer in the tv shows that's a that's a clue that's a revelation of uh, of of what's going on and we need to figure out what we need we need to have that clue as as viewers it's like when you're (laughs) it's like when you're in class and you're not allowed to laugh so everything is way funnier I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I feel like I'm in hey, trouble. Meigs is definitely on something. <laughs> I got the giggles so bad. <sighs> Did you like suck up helium or something? <laughs> no. This take is some me. laughing gas. Uh, wait, what are the what are the giggle things in Harry Potter? Oh yeah, from the Fantastic Beast part. It's like the drink. Oh, yeah. The, the bubbly called? drink? Giggle something. Yeah, hold on. I'll look it up real quick. God, you guys, like my eyes are blurry and I'm crying so much. <clears throat> I'm going to crash so hard tonight. Okay. Good. James, you're making you such a good point. Giggle water. Giggle water. Has some, yeah. had some giggle water. I did. This sparkling water from Trader Joe's is actually giggle water. <sighs> okay, I'm good. <clears throat> James, that was such a good point. <laughs> it really was. What was the point that he made, Meeks, for our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> that in the books, Harry points out that it, <laughs> that it was a Gryffindor, but in the movie, they don't mention it. <laughs> Any other thoughts before I move on to kind of the pivotal part of this story? Nope. That's all I wanted to bring up. <laughs> okay. Well, Same. thanks for having us tonight, guys. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> Everybody c- compose yourselves because we're about to get real. The Quidditch match is canceled because two more students have been petrified and McGonagall calls Harry and says, Ron, you might want to come with me as well. And she reveals that Hermione has been petrified. No. But let's be clear. The real tragedy is Percy's girlfriend. (laughs) That's obviously the real tragedy here. The real tragedy. You're right. Of course. And it is funny that they, or not funny, but um, they note how distraught Percy is. But they think it's because, oh, Percy didn't think that they would attack a prefect. And it's like, what kind of monster would care if it was a prefect or not? But they don't know, you know, Percy's been seeing this woman in secret. So they don't know the real reason he's upset. 
Yeah, because, I mean, heaven forbid Prissy break the rules. Right. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. I think they did. I like how they had, um, how they did Hermione being petrified. Like, I think they did a great job with that, especially for 20 years ago. Um, and it looks okay, almost wait. like it was a wax. It does. Person. I have to say. Her eyebrows on the wax, whatever the wax sculpture is, her eyebrows make me so mad because they are so different from her real eyebrows. And I feel like that is something that they should not have overlooked. Um, And I don't know if I'm the only one that is bothered by this, but every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I like get geared up to be so annoyed whenever they show Hermione. I'm like, everything else about that was perfect. You did everything so right, except her eyebrows look so different. And it makes me so mad because they did such a good job with the rest of it. Anyways, I guess that. Well, speaking of how they show the petrification, I always thought like when i was reading the books i always thought it turned them to stone for some reason um i, I guess because i'm so used to hearing you know, like medusa and all, like that kind of mythical freezing of a person um but i kind of like that it's not that they turn to stone that they're it's a little less permanent that it's them they're just frozen in time yeah, they're paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what I thought when I was little, um, when I first read them. But I wonder if I also thought that maybe I didn't really have an image of it in my head or something. Because I feel like maybe I kind of thought they were stone. I don't know. I don't know what I thought. But I like that they have it be a real, a real mm-hmm. person besides those eyebrows. Because <laughs> essentially... What what it's doing is the basilisk is paralyzing the subject with fear. Mm-hmm. You know, in this case, it's mm-hmm. magical, but you know, it's 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 essentially a, a lot of creatures or predators would do that. Is that they look at their prey and they paralyze their prey, and so the prey can't move, and so it's easier to get it, um, so that they have a meal, and so essentially. The basilisk, being a magical creature, is magically petrifying them. So they're paralyzed, quote-unquote, so they can't move or do anything. Um, so that the basilisk probably has a better time of being able to eat them. Which brings into a point... Well, no, because... They don't, the basilisk doesn't eat them. It right, he's not. Barely... He's trying to kill them. He's not trying to necessarily eat them right now. But the only reason why he hasn't killed anybody yet... Is because nobody's looked him directly in the eye. So he's not doing this on purpose. Mm. Oh, yeah, you're right. I had that wrong. Never mind. Another 10 points to Hufflepuff? Five. No? Okay. Five? Oh, well, I'm still up 15. So. Yeah, 15, and we have nothing. Okay, well. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're writing those in your notes, right? Of course. I have my spreadsheet open. <laughs> All right. So any other thoughts before we move on to Hagrid's hut? And um, a lot goes down in Hagrid's hut. <laughs> I mean, can we just like say how 
easy it was for Hermione to like piece it all together. No, like, I mean, it's Hermione. Yeah, I know. It's just like as soon as he, as soon as Harry said, "I'm hearing the voice. Can't you hear that?" And Ron's like, "No." She's like, "Like she's like that was so dumb. Like I can't believe I just thought of that now. Like because she like solves everything in that one moment. And of course we have to like, of course J.K. Rowling has to petrify her because mm-hmm. like the story would end like six. Like what? What? How many chapters are left? Six." four five mm-hmm. yeah, the story would have 14? ended like four chapters the story would have ended four chapters early because <laughs> right. then they would have been able to figure everything out right then and there so obviously right and if they had goes, hermione but... the rest you know i wonder what it would have been like if they had hermione the rest of the time like if she was in the chamber with them another what if and, like that run in with lockhart like how would that all have gone down if she was there too Another what if episode. What if Hermione wasn't petrified? Yeah, that would be really fun. Well, okay, fun's probably not the right word. Fun for us as viewers to watch that or readers to read that. Totally. Um, I don't... I have, like, lightning round stuff, but it's all small things, so we can save it. Okay, so um, we arrive at Hagrid's hut because Ron and Harry decide they need to confront him after all. So they take out the invisibility cloak, run down to Hagrid's house, and he has a crossbow. He's on edge. They're like, what is going on? And he's getting ready to tell them, but there's a knock on the door. We are introduced to Cornelius Fudge and Dumbledore is with him. They're explaining that Hagrid has got to go. And then there's another knock on the door. Lucius Malfoy arrives and says, not only does Hagrid have to go, Dumbledore has to go too. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. So dramatic. No thoughts? I I thought the no film <laughs> did a really good act of... I, I thought the film really did a good yeah. adaptation of this. Like, I think so, too. I mean, obviously, like, my favorite part is Jason Isaacs being yeah. Lucius Malfoy <laughs> and just going into the house and being, you call obviously, this a yeah. house? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was about like, to yeah. say, like, I my notes here is just Jason Isaacs. <laughs> he just yep. steals the whole scene. He really does. Totally. And so, I mean, it's, I, I, I just like the whole scene altogether. There isn't really, like, anything for me to, like, nitpick or say it was different. I, I think they put that scene really well together. And, like, Cornelius Fudge just sitting there listening to Hagrid say his stuff is kind of just like hilarious to me and he's kind of just like got that face so just like what are you talking about he, he does a really good job too may he rest in peace because mm-hmm. the actor who plays Cornelius Fudge is no longer with us if you didn't know I didn't know that um, I guess I don't have thoughts <laughs> <laughs> well I, I guess you can see how we all felt about this yeah. chapter <laughs> Uh, well, I do think that um, it was weird, like rereading it and watching it, but especially reading it because, of course, there's more detail in the books and thinking about like how real the politics from the wizarding world are for the real wait, how real the wizarding world politics are like a parallel to the real world. <laughs> you all know what I'm saying, right? Because 
there's just so there's just so much of of like fudge being you know a person in power who's like afraid to have people know the truth and he's trying to like cover things up and then they're using Hagrid and Dumbledore as a scapegoat for something that they know that they know that Hagrid is not the person that should be in Azkaban they know that Dumbledore shouldn't be there but he you know he is doing this purely because he's being bullied into it by people who he feels have power over him even though he's the minister and so it's just it's so realistic those politics and Mm -hmm. so unfortunately realistic and it's um but it's written well so that it totally fits within like the wizarding world you know it doesn't feel like um it's about anyone in particular outside of the wizarding world necessarily you know in in our world but um but yeah it it was really weird to read it and I'm like oh this is all like (laughs) This sort of stuff happens in mm-hmm. real life. Cool. Should we uh, move on to uh, Meigs' lightning round? Well, I have a thought, but it's from the diary scene. <laughs> I, I'm just rereading my notes here. And um, so rewinding a bit, I just thought, you know, my broken record here, it was just so much more dramatic than the book made it sound. Like in the book it's just like things are thrown out but in the movie it's all like broken and it's just so much damage and I just don't feel like Jenny would have caused that much damage like she's looking for something she's not Mm -hmm. there to cause havoc so again just that keyword dramatic yeah it definitely is much more yeah much more dramatic okay so makes his lightning round Yes. Okay. My first word of my notes is montage <laughs> of yeah. all the classes, of course. Yeah. And um, and then them picking their their future courses. I love the whole scene because things like that, like montagey day to day life, just really like enriches the characters and like keeps emphasizing what each of their characters like real personalities are because of the way that each of the students handles how they have to sign up for future classes and stuff. Um, I am curious, and this is something that I post to the listeners as well. What classes would you be most interested in adding onto like the basic ones, you Mm -hmm. know, once you can get into the next year? I've always been drawn to divination. So I feel like I would totally sign up for that and probably Mm -hmm. care of magical beasts. I mean, I am a Hufflepuff and we're supposed to be animal lovers. So I can see myself signing up for that as well. (laughs) I am an animal lover. (laughs) Well, because, well, the classes are there. There's the care of magical creatures, divination, which are the two that Ron and Harry sign up for. Because it makes you, I I think the book makes you think that you're only able to like sign up for two. Because you still have. It depends on how much you can fit in your schedule, right? Yeah, but you're not able to fit them all into your schedule. I mean, Hermione's only able to do all the, all of the classes because she has a time turner. I don't know, James. I don't have any. I don't know any of the rules. I just want to know what class you're interested. Well, in. Well, let's think about. Do they have? They already have astronomy, right? Yes, that's one of the core. I think so. so. I believe well, the core there, classes that we get next year is just divination and care of magical right. creatures. And then we hear about arithmancy and ancient ruins from Hermione. And Muggle Studies. And Muggle Studies. Was brought up by Dean in the book. 
So is it just those five? I don't know. I feel like there should be more. There's got to be a list. There probably is. We're going to look right now. Because the core classes were History of Magic, Potions, Defense Against the Dark Arts, Transfiguration, Charms, Herbology, and Astronomy. Because they were taking Astronomy. According to the Harry Potter wiki fandom, extracurricular subjects, wait, electives, third years and up, um, arithmancy, care magical creatures, divination, muggle studies, and study of ancient runes. Sixth and seventh year electives are advanced arithmancy, alchemy, and apparition. Um, Alchemy. Extracurricular subjects, ancient studies, art, field studies, ghoul studies, magical theory, muggle art, muggle music, music, and xylomancy. And then the core classes are astronomy, charms, defense against the dark arts, herbology, history of magic, potions, and transfiguration. Dang. What is xylomancy? I, I know. I really want to know that. Can you look it up while you're there? I, I love how that was all of our questions. Xylomancy <laughs> was a class in which students learned about the often overlooked way of divination, which has something to do with twigs. <laughs> that made it so much more confusing. <laughs> So is it just divination I mean, I with totally... trees? <laughs> is that, that like... Is so funny. Okay, wait. I was going to say, I can totally see Trelawney creating this class, but um, would that have anything to do with Renzi when he comes to teach? Because, I mean, I know they really deal with more of the stars, but they live in the forest too. I don't know. That's Or do you really think that's funny. a Trelawney thing? <laughs> I can just see Trelawney would... with twigs just gone. Yeah. Death be upon you. Wow, I feel like I need to go on a deep dive. It it gave me a little um uh no. what is it? A f- reference link. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost Meigs. She's in a hole now. It said, wait, hold on. Okay, so when I click on the, what is it called when it's like a, citing a your source? And oh, well, ref- yeah. when it's, oh, yeah, okay, that. It is saying that it's the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone film is the source Oh, for xylomancy. That's funny. What? Well, I guess we have to go back to Prisoner. I mean, pff, I guess we have to go back to Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> Okay, and then when I go to the page that it links me to, which is the Harry Potter and Philosopher's Stone film, and I search for Xylomancy, it doesn't show up. So something (sighs) insane is happening here. Well, okay, listeners, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to rewatch the Sorcerer's Stone (laughs) film and listen for the word Xylomancy. And it's not in there. There's in. no way it's in there. We would have. And then write in. We would have. Okay. Well, yeah. No. Listeners, you're tasked Maybe, with this because I mean, my yeah. brain's breaking. 
all you <laughs> listeners are trying to tell us that xylomancy is in the film fine go and find it and then send us a video of you seeing it in the film okay anyway so a montage of classes is something i want to see um <clears throat> And to answer and, your question, I would take yeah. care of magical oh. creatures and <laughs> arithmancy. I don't even know what arithmancy is, I'm pretty sure. I've always pretty been fascinated sure. by nation, and one day I will have to tell you guys about my fear and magic class that I took in college and how we had to prove magic existed in some way as our final project. And I did palm reading. Whoa. Ooh. I would be so bored in divination. I would just roll my eyes the entire time. I'd be like Ron. Mm, I'd like just be like, this Ron, is a yeah. bunch of... No, like, I would be I'd like Lavender and Pavati. <laughs> <laughs> we would all be besties in that class. I feel like I would be in the middle. I don't know. To be determined. But what would you well, choose, mate? My first class. <clears throat> well, arithmetic, even though... I don't fully know what it is. I know it's number stuff, but I would do it. And then charismatical creatures, of course. Divination, probably just if I was able to fit it in. Muggle studies. I, I'm i Hermione in this. Like, I would get a time yeah. turner. And I would take every single class. I would be so upset that I wouldn't be able to take a class. Like, if I had to miss one of them, I would feel like... I couldn't be my full self. You know what I mean? So I love runes, Hermione's I reasoning that, oh, runes. Oh, you're right. Runes would be really fun. Oh, no, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but Hermione's reasoning for taking muggle studies to learn like what wizards yes. think of the muggle world would be so fascinating. I mean, we know yes. as readers what they think of the muggle world, but to take that class would just be so fascinating. It would be so interesting. Sometimes we know they don't teach what a rubber duck is. I can just imagine Hermione just sitting there going like, um, excuse me, but that's actually not what it's used for. It's actually used for this and this and this and this and this. And of course. Maybe even like teaches the class <laughs> every once in a while. The teacher's just oh, like, yeah. the Hermione, like, why don't you just tell us what right, this is? Right, because like, which muggle-born student would go and take that class other than Hermione? She is no, like the just perfect... Hermione. She is, yes, the perfect student to have in that class for those professors. But do you think in. the professor is Muggleborn themselves? <gasps> That's a good question. Wait, yes, Charity Burbage is. No, no, she's not. She just teaches Muggle, muggle studies, and that's why she gets punished. I, yeah, she gets punished because she's teach because Voldemort says that she's teaching us to love Muggles. That doesn't assume oh my God. that she's not. Um. When when you go to the Harry Potter fandom wiki page and you go down to Muggle Studies, it's a picture of a rubber duck and it says, a rubber duck, one of the items learned about in Muggle Studies. But it's not. That's it's not learned about in Muggle Studies because then why would Arthur ask about it? Well, yeah, he must. Oh, I guess he didn't take really... it. Okay, you're right. We don't so know. according to Harry Potter wiki, she's pureblood or half-blood possibly. Huh. Okay. Um, I really want us. This is a total side note, but just thinking of rubber ducks, um, I really want a spinoff of the Weasley family and like starting with Arthur and Molly and them going to school together and meeting and falling in love. And then like, 
How cool would this? Oh my God. Okay. I'm writing a whole script. So nobody steal this. Please let me write it. You know, don't take credit. So the series is a cover. Each episode covers each of the Weasley characters or the first episode can be Arthur and Molly or it can be one. I'll watch however many they put out there. And then the next one would be Charlie or Bill. And then it would be following Charlie and then Percy, you know, like it would just an episode Mm -hmm. following just like kind of like a, like a short, you know, montage of what their childhood, what it was like for them growing up in the Weasley family. And then like for Bill and Charlie, what it was like for them after Hogwarts. Um, I think that would be so interesting. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one? No, I think that's fascinating. But I want cool. all of the Harry Potter. I want all of the Harry Potter content I can get. Yeah. That's yeah. We need so we need this in addition to everything else. Okay. So um I also love the idea of Neville getting advice from his family for like which uh classes. Oh yeah, they take. all were getting advice. I love that too. Yeah. It's yeah. so cute. I love it. So I want to see that. Um, and then Wood uh, feeding the his fellow Gryffindors on the Quidditch team, like scooping eggs onto their plates to feed them and stuff. Like I love his character is so funny in the book. Just like he's so um, he's he's so predictable, like in a funny, good way, mm-hmm. you know, like he's Your just always so jock. into it. Yeah, I love it. And so um, I totally want to see all of that. And then once Quidditch is canceled and it says Wood starts running towards McGonagall without getting off of his broom. So I really want to see that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, I wrote, okay, I wrote this in the notes, in my notes, and then I could not figure out what I was talking about in the book um, because I wrote these notes a little while ago and then I reread the chapter today so i wrote down when mcgonagall is giving the speech to the gryffindors in the common room and then i wrote that it's a big deal for harry to have the feeling of ratting someone out to not go back to the dursleys at only 12 years old why did i write that (laughs) wait say it again a big deal it's a big deal for harry to have the feeling of ratting someone out to not go back to the dursleys at only 12 years old Okay, so if anybody figures out what the heck I'm talking about, please write in because I don't remember what I meant. Um, You're talking I... about when he empathizes with um, with Tom ratting out uh, Hagrid so that he doesn't Hagrid. have to go back to the orphanage because he, he kind of understands the idea of wanting to stay at Hogwarts oh. because Hogwarts is his home. And so he's like, oh, I kind of understand what Tom is feeling like because Hogwarts is my home and I would want to stay here rather than going back mm-hmm. to my muggle counterplace and be like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go back there. We're such but... a good team. Yes, that's exactly what I what I meant. So I think that's interesting. And again, like those sorts of concepts i totally want to see explored in the show because that's a big that is a big deal like that's i mean i feel like it's again flattened how horrible it is for harry to be at the dursleys like you get a sense of it and you know Mm -hmm. as the audience you're supposed to not like them but i mean they're like really really deep and complicated feelings that harry has about that and so and then him being able to relate to voldemort in that way is or to tom riddle 
is um, a very interesting connection that they have. So thanks, James. Um, I really, really want to see when Ron and Harry are trying to go visit Hermione in the hospital wing and they are um, walking under the invisibility cloak and Snape sneezes when Ron stubs his toe and curses. Imagining Snape sneezing is really funny (laughs) because he seems like that type of character where he doesn't do anything like sneeze. Like he doesn't, you know, like he doesn't stumble or he doesn't do anything embarrassing because he's always so like evil and composed. And so like the thought of like Snape sneezing is very funny to me, especially while it happens to be when Ron is stubbing his toe and cursing out loud when they're under the invisibility cloak. Um, So I want to see that. And then I also wrote down Fudge's purple boots. I think I I just want to see his purple boots. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, that's my lighting round. Well, then let's dive into our Peeves' pleasure. James, what was yours? My Peeves' pleasure for this, the the end scene of the chapter. So just like Fudge coming in and Lucius Malfoy coming in. Really liked that. You know, Mm -hmm. Jason Isaacs. French kiss. Yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, just all of the acting and this, you know, the idea of seeing it from Harry and Ron's perspective, uh, the the scene, that was pretty cool. Uh, just having like Jason Isaacs kind of like walk right up to them and just kind of just them like covering their mouth so that like they don't hear, like he doesn't hear their breathing and stuff like that's pretty cool. So um, I have the same peeve pleasure. <laughs> I think they did a really great job with that scene. And um, yes. I agree with you guys, but I put seeing <laughs> Oliver Wood. <laughs> yeah. Because they just often I'll cut him that. out so much, but there was just yes. a, a tiny little glimpse of Wood and it was just nice to see him being team captain. And I just wish they would include more of him in the show. That's the last time we see him, right? I think so. That's so weird to think about. You're right. I think There's Quidditch right. in the third film, but I don't know if we see Wood. No, because it's just the match. They they go they the scene jumps right into the match of them just like traveling in the air and and it's like rainy and windy and stormy and, and all that stuff. Yeah. But we don't ever see him. Because you're right, Migs, you said earlier about how he's just such a fun character. So, James, what was your Peeves' peeve? My Peeves' peeve is not knowing what xylomancy is. <laughs> no i'm just kidding um so my piece peeve is just gonna have to be i don't know i mean i thought i thought the scene was kind of well put together so i don't have anything that the adaptation did that kind of irked me like i have in the past so i'm kind of just gonna have to like say whatever they didn't add and be at that my peeve is Hermione's eyebrows <laughs> on the wax sculpture, on the petrified Hermione. Because Emma Watson's eyebrows are perfect. Obviously. Well, they're fine. What what bothers me is how different the eyebrows are when they got, like, they made this incredibly realistic 
sculpture of Emma Watson and it looks so good. However they did it, they did such a good job. And then the eyebrow, I'm like, what? Did you guys just like run out of time or something? It's like the eyebrows are so much different. It makes me so irritated. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with either set of eyebrows individually, but together, not okay. <laughs> My peeves is peeve was cutting out the third year class signups because it's such a great foreshadowing into the next book when it comes to Hermione and that it just a quick little mention she signed up for everything and that becomes such a huge part of the next book. Correct. Yeah, agreed. That's a good way to put it that it's um a lot of foreshadowing. James, what was your salute? Your so Weasley my salute. Weasley salute comes from the companion for the book. Um it kind of does a really good description of the chapter overall. But um it's the it's the end scene of the chapter. So the part where Fudge and Dumbledore and Lucius are there. Uh, it the companion brought up how that particular moment is very important to the story because that's the moment when Harry loses the two most trusted people that could help him with the problem. Mm. And mm. and this scene ends with the door shut and Fang howling to kind of signify the the doomy gloomy feeling of what is harry going to do now because the two people that could help him solve it have just walked out and have been taken away from the situation you know because he hagrid he loves and trusts and he, hagrid could help him out in certain situations has gone and now taken to azkaban because of his past and dumbledore has now been taken away by lucius and so like this is the moment where Harry, Harry and Ron are all by themselves. And yeah. They don't have that help that they need uh, from Dumbledore. And I thought it was very interesting because the companion goes a little bit further and says that in alchemy, the name Albus uh, is, is really represents um, or close to white. And Rubius... Uh, is represents and is associated that's the word associated with red uh, and red and white are key ingredients to make gold in alchemy and gold is signifies in alchemy mm. <clears throat> um light and happiness and, and 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 stuff like that and so taking those two elements away is taking two key ingredients um from the recipe of gold and so the representation of hagrid and and dumbledore leaving is two key ingredients uh in harry's um mixture of being able to make quote-unquote gold yeah. uh so That's it's uh so it's definitely interesting to kind of to consider that albus and hagrid are two key characters in harry's life um not only for this scene but just for like other things in general yeah that's it that's really interesting where what's your weasley salute oh. 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, Jason Isaacs. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I should get like five points for Ravenclaw for like how beautifully put my Weasley salute was. And your guys' was just Jason Isaacs. That's it. But I had a great pleasure in Peeves as well. So it just all balances out. She just doesn't want to give me points. This whole episode. You did? I mean, the points showcase that, I guess. You talked this whole episode? I said I sucked this whole episode. Oh, sucked. I was going to say you... you That's I, not you true. Three points to Moogs for making us all laugh. Okay. Woo! Three <laughs> points to Gryffindor. <laughs> I'm gonna take all the extra classes so that I can learn everything and then wait, I, just... I thought wait okay so you are you're representing Gryffindor you're not um taking the points for Ravenclaw well no because then otherwise it's James and I both putting points into Ravenclaw yeah I'll take the competition I just forgot that you were taking wow. points no I, wow. I think early on we had decided that it was she was gonna represent Gryffindor because Slytherin doesn't exist well no, because I'm closer to Gryffindor than I am to Slytherin. I no, your wand and Patronus say otherwise. That's not true. Then why do I never get <laughs> anywhere even close into Slytherin? Remember, I did it on the cast with hair. You want me to go get the book that says your wand and Patronus are very Slytherin esque? I literally uploaded evidence. Of my percentages in Slytherin's life. <laughs> even with all of this, okay, I took one but for the that's team like a muggle created invention, <laughs> and the wand lore and the Patronus lore is from JKR. So I, I'm inclined to side on with JKR here. Okay. Wow. Go find her and ask where I'm going <laughs> I represented Slytherin when Zuhair was on the episode because he was Gryffindor and you're Hufflepuff, James, you're Ravenclaw. And I was like, well, fine. I will be my lowest percentage. I will take one for the team. Would a Slytherin do that? No, probably. I don't know. Maybe you rigged it. Maybe I rigged it? Yeah. Like you know how to answer the questions. You know how a Slytherin would answer. No, I was actually nervous the whole time. I was like, watch me like... (laughs) making this whole think about it and then it turns out that i'm actually it's a slither no No, i'm i'm too honest i would have to i i would have to own it but luckily i was right i'm a ravenclaw that's because slytherins don't exist i think you're a ravenclaw Ravenclaw. i'm a ravenclaw and then hufflepuff and then gryffindor and then slytherin because Slytherins don't questions. exist. Any more questions about my life? Two more points to me for dealing with us. <laughs> <laughs> that puts her at five. <laughs> no, it would be fun, listeners, if you wrote in and gave us points for things. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that's fun. Yeah. I'm fun. Listeners, write in more. Give us points. We need to beat Saturday. 
Yeah, whenever you give feedback back, you have to give points to somebody. Yeah, or yeah, well, definitely that. But even even if people just like send us a quick thing saying this many points to this person or whatever, I feel like we need it needs to we we eventually need to have it be peer reviewed. Like we can't just distribute points amongst ourselves. We have to have it be a peer reviewed study. That's oh, fair. Oh my goodness. I almost gave me only two points instead of adding two more points to my three points. Um, okay, we're done. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then on that note, thanks for causing havoc with us today. And boy, was it quite the havoc this time. It was so havoc Next week, we will be discussing chapter 15, Aragon. Which is Aragon. an hour. Thank you. I, I think it must have typoed like the Lord of the Rings is more common than Harry Potter or something. <laughs> I was like, wait, that doesn't wait, sound right. Aragorn. Well, you know what? I, I Ara- so there's three. Aragorn is that. Aragorn is that. Aragorn is Lord of the Rings. Aragog is Harry Potter. But it's spelled with an A. It's not spelled with an E. So it's all Ooh, just so mixed it's an up. Aragorn, anyway, Aragorn mashup. Yeah, the next the next chapter, listeners, is an Goodbye, hour and forty two minutes so to an hour. An hour and forty two minutes to an hour and fifty one minutes of the film. James, where can people find you? They can find me on James M. Beltran at Instagram or TikTok. I'm not gonna I'm gonna skip me because you can find me Sarah Day on Instagram <laughs> at <God>. Captain.mcd. <laughs> That's M C D E E. And you can find all of my other projects linked there as well. Just kidding, Minx. Where can people find you? <laughs> oh, it's fine. Nobody wants to find me right now, but it's Megan. <laughs> M-E-G-A-N underscore Lachowski, L-A-C-H-O-W-S-K-I on Instagram. And then from there, you can find all of my other projects. And you can find the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Peeves' Gabfest. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Please, 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 wherever you are and listen, wherever you listen, and leave a five-star review. If you're as mischievous as we are, please consider joining our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash If you have any feedback or want to give us some scores, please leave us a voicemail at 409-422-3378. That's 409-GABFEST. Or you can email us at peevesisgabfest.com. Also, join the discussion over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash peevesisgabfest or just search peevesisgabfest on Facebook. Until next time, Ickle Firsties. Don't forget that giggle water. <laughs>